Erica Bray Parker has lived in West Suburban Wheaton for about 20 years. And unlike many of her neighbors, she's a Democrat. Years ago, I was part of this, like, total underground network. We called ourselves the Blue Gals. This part of DuPage County is historically red. So people just didn't usually tell their neighbors and friends they voted blue. People would not put signs out. Um, People would not talk about it. But now, Bray Parker says DuPage Dems aren't hiding anymore. They're phone banking, knocking on doors, and putting out those signs. There's definitely, anecdotally, a lot more Democrat signs. A lot more people are saying, oh yeah, I want some signs in my yard. Bray Parker says she thinks a lot of the shift has to do with the president. I think the, you know, sort of Trump factor and the negative ideas that he's putting out there and quite honestly that our congressman is allowing him to put out there. I I think people are finally comfortable saying, no, this is enough. We don't want those beliefs in our community. everyone, this is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. Each week, we bring you the backstory on the big story. Today, the suburbs. Traditionally, they've played a big role in Illinois elections. But how and why? That could all be changing. Joining me are WBEZ reporters Carrie Shepard, who you heard at the top, and Dave McKinney. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. Carrie, I want to start with you. Why did you go out to the suburbs? So as you've probably been hearing a lot, and I think I've been saying a lot, is that (laughs) the uh, Democrats are trying to take back the U.S. House. And there are suburban districts all around the country where they are putting the effort behind these Democratic candidates. So one of those is the 6th Congressional District, which includes suburbs like West Suburban Suburbs like Wheaton, Glen Ellen, Downers Grove. Um, The Democratic candidate there is clean energy entrepreneur Sean Kasten, and he is challenging the incumbent Republican Peter Roskam. He's been there, who's been in the seat since 2007. But this is a big one, too, because, and Dave will dig into the details because he knows his history very, very well. Um, it's been very red. So Kim Reed, she's lived in Glen Ellen for a couple decades. She talked about this with me, that when she moved to Glen Ellen, just like we heard from Erica Bray Parker, you just didn't really talk about being a Democrat. What people refer to in Chicago as the Democratic machine, it's like the Republican machine out here. And everyone just kind of assumed that everyone is a Republican. And people didn't talk about their politics because they were afraid they were in the minority, because they were afraid they would offend someone. Reed said it's very different in this election, and she said the signs went up very early. That has been, I think, unbelievable for most of us who've lived here. We've never seen anything like this. So why do you think Democrats saw an opening in this area? Well, so census shows that um, DuPage County, as in compared to the other collar counties, which, of course, are the counties that, you know, surround Chicago, of course, with all the suburbs, DuPage County lost white residents 
According to the census data, the community has changed its lost white population, but has gained Hispanic and black population in DuPage. So, and anecdotally talking to people, I did hear immigration as a big issue in this race for them. Firsthand, I heard from people who were first-generation immigrants who felt like after Trump, they were sort of being aggressively. One, one woman was kind of confronted in the grocery store. She was told to go back where she came from. She was born in DuPage, by the way. Wow. <laughs> and there are also, I talked to a teacher who we heard earlier, Erica Bray Parker. She's a public school teacher, and she said that she has a very diverse population. She said that because the district can't ask the immigration status of its students, she thinks she probably has undocumented students, right? So she has these students who are with you know, Hispanic and Asian and other immigrants in their classes. So they feel like a really personal stake in some of the nasty rhetoric that's been coming from, honestly, President Trump and the far right about immigrants. And so did you get a sense that there are fewer Republicans there or people that are switching from Republican to Democrat? Or are Republicans just sort of becoming less engaged as Democrats are coming out of the woodwork, if you will? Um, no, I don't think I could say that um, because I really I, – I went from Glen Ellen over to Wheaton. I posted up at this bar, um, Rosie O'Reilly's in Wheaton. It was very full at like 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> I talked to a lot of folks and honestly um, all of whom I talked to were Roscom supporters. They said he's been doing a good job, but they extended it across the party, right? They said they were rounder Supporters, they said that that he needs another chance to fix, you know, to fix what's going on in Springfield. And Dave can talk a lot about that. Um, they also were Trump supporters, and they said what we hear often on a national level that the economy is doing very well, and they attribute that to Roscom and the Republicans. When I was sitting there, as you might guess, there was a huge. TV screen, and it was just campaign ad after another, after another, after another. Finally, um, you can't escape those. Even you can't in the bars. escape it. And finally, <laughs> Dawn, the bartender, turned it down and played some music, which was very welcome. <laughs> but yeah, people were very engaged and very informed. Um, something I thought was really interesting this this guy, Ron Davis, who was sitting there next to me with his wife, and his wife was much to her chagrin. She did not want him talking about politics <laughs> with me. Um, he asked me a question, actually, that I couldn't answer. Do you think it's better or worse that we seem more engaged with the political system now? And hmm. I didn't have an answer for that. He says it's everywhere, and is that better or worse? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And so it sounds like it's still there's still a lot of Republicans, strong Republicans there. In yeah, that area. absolutely. The I mean, the Republicans I talked to that were sitting there, they said that Roscom is responsive to them. Um, Congressman Roscom, which he's gotten some flack for that, that he doesn't meet with constituents. They didn't think that they think he's responsive and that he's doing a good job for the sixth district. Dave, I want to bring you in here because this area, DuPage County, has been a Republican stronghold, as Carrie mentions. So you did some research and used your trusty notepad sort of as your <laughs> old school Excel. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about what you found in gathering some of this data. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that legal pad turned out to be heavy. I had a little practice <laughs> with my cursive writing and, you, and uh, you know, manual counting and whatever. But first off, I mean, let's say what the color counties are. I mean, they're DuPage, Kane, Lake McHenry, and Will counties. And for decades, even more than a century, they've been about as reliably Republican as anywhere you can find in Illinois. And go back to 1994. That's when there was a uh, big Republican wave here. 
And it's sort of like what's being predicted right now for the Democrats on Tuesday. And that year, DuPage County, as it is now, was was sort of the center of the political universe. Uh, but that time it was for Illinois Republicans. And the Speaker of the Illinois House at that point, Lee Daniels, was a Republican from Elmhurst, the president of the state Senate. At that point was a guy named Pate Phillip from Wooddale, a Republican. Uh, the attorney general at that point, Jim Ryan, uh, another Elmhurst Republican. And, and so you, you, you could see on the state level, it was packed with DuPage County Republicans. And then in, in Congress, uh, from that same area, one of the most powerful congressmen of the time, Henry Hyde, he was chairman of the U.S. House Judiciary Committee. And Hyde was at the center of the effort to impeach former President Bill Clinton in the late 1990s. Some of us have been called Clinton haters. I must tell you, distinguished senators, that this impeachment trial is not, for those of us from the House, a question of hating anyone. This is not a question of who we hate. It's a question of what we love. And among the things we love are the rule of law, equal justice before the law, and honor in our public life. All of us are trying as hard as we can to do our duty as we see it, no more and no less. And what's interesting, too, is part of Hyde's old congressional district is now represented by Democrats. I mean, you've got you've got some congressional districts that sort of snake into DuPage County. Mike Quigley uh, has a part of the old district, and Raja Krishnamurthy of Schaumburg has another part of Hyde's district. So you can kind of see that going on. And then you also have to consider another little interesting detail: um, the last three presidential campaigns, DuPage County and. Pretty much most of the other collar counties, save McHenry, have voted Democratic in those races. I mean, it was Obama, Obama, and Clinton in, in pretty much all those areas, including DuPage. Dave, we've been talking a lot about congressmen in Washington, but what about local races? How are voters in the suburbs picking governor and state representatives? Well, that 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 forecasted blue wave that people are talking about is is looks like it's trickling down to those uh, those other races. Governor, for example, we saw a poll out in early October from the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute uh, in Carbondale. They showed that in the collar counties that that we've been talking about here, the Democrat J.B. Pritzker was leading Governor Rauner by 22 points in the gubernatorial campaign. And that would sort of turn the trend that we've seen over decades and decades and decades upside down. In uh, DuPage, for example, the last time that DuPage County voted for a Democratic gubernatorial nominee was 1932. In Kane County, you go back even farther. It was 1912 for them. And in McHenry County, you know, I went back to 1900. I couldn't find any evidence that McHenry County residents had ever voted for a Democrat for governor. That gives you an idea. If if Pritzker carries any or all of those counties, this will be a night for the history books. How did you even get numbers from 1900? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Uh, well, you know that's, Dave. <laughs> that's, my, that's my legal pad at work, you know, my magic legal pad. Do we know anything about state legislative seats in this area? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you can look even at, at, at some of the open seats. One in particular caught my eye in Wheaton. It's one held right now by uh, the state rep we all know, Jeannie Ives. I mean, she took on Bruce Rauner in the primary last spring and, right. and made it a very close race then. And, and you know, she's socially very conservative and, and fiscally conservative as well, kind of in the mold of, of Roscom and maybe a little farther right than, than Peter is. But, but what, what's interesting is that district is in play now for Democrats. Her, her own precinct even voted for Hillary Clinton. And I mean, if you, if you look at the, uh, the legislative races in DuPage County, there are eight of 13 uh, House seats that right. are in play okay. and they're held by Republicans. And, and every single one of those, save one, is uh, Clinton backing wow. 
So they uh, voted district. for Clinton. Those areas voted for Clinton in uh, instead of Trump. So you can see the Republican office holders are swimming upstream right now, and it's a very that those are the effects of what I think you know are shaping up as a wave year for Democrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought of something when you know when Dave mentioned Jeannie Ives. One of the women I talked to was a neighbor of Jeannie Ives, right? And you know, talking about how the Republicans captured all of these gubernatorial races and everything, it makes a lot of sense. Why you can see the people I talked to didn't really want to tell people they were Democrats, right? If Jeannie Ives is your neighbor, they're not going to put a big old Democrat sign. They're not going to put a J.D. Pritzker yeah, sign. Yeah, and, and keep the peace in the, on the street. So I, I you know, it gives it a little more context there. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask, local governments tend to have a lot more impact on everybody's day-to-day lives. And so I'm wondering if places in the suburbs, places like DuPage County, Jeannie Ives' neighborhood, if there are more Democratic votes cast next week, what do you think that's going to mean for Illinois state government in the future? Well, I mean, it's really important. I mean, J.B. Pritzker has a lot riding on some of these Democrats winning Republican seats because in order for him to kind of get some of his main priorities through the legislature, he's going to need a super majority in both chambers. Well, Democrats now have that in the state Senate. They don't have it in the House under Mike Madigan. And, and you know, basically Democrats in that chamber hold 67 seats. They need to get up to 71. And actually, they need to be higher than that in order to have it be kind of a functioning Super majority. Uh, super majority. And, wow. and we, that phrase is kind of foreign to people. But what it means is if the state borrows money, those chambers need super majorities to approve them. And that comes into play like with a big capital bill, which roads and bridges and things like that. It's been more than 10 years. It's about 10 years, basically, since the state had a big infrastructure bill. Well, to get that through, you're going to need super majorities like that. And then most importantly for Pritzker is that you know he's, he's spent a lot of time on the campaign trail talking about the need to change our, our tax structure. And the, the income tax right now is a flat rate. And, and you, me, and everybody in the room and, and, and those listening to us, are paying 4.95%. And, and Pritzker wants to change that so that it goes then on a sliding scale. And if you make more more money, you pay more, you pay a higher percentage. If you make less, you pay less. And in order to do that, it needs to, A, it needs to get on the, on the ballot because that's in the state constitution. Right. To change the constitution, you need to get a supermajority in both the House and Senate, and then it needs to go to voters. So a, a lot's riding on Pritzker to get these numbers in the shape that he wants them. Wow. What do all of these shifting winds in the suburbs mean for the future of politics and elections going forward? We've talked about what could change in in government and policy. What about elections? I mean, if you're on the inside of of the, the political bubble, this election, especially in the governor's part of it is really important because in 2021, that's when uh, everybody's going to sit down and, and redraw legislative boundaries, congressional boundaries. And of course, Democrats want to control that. Republicans would like to, too, but they, they don't seem to have the firepower to be able to, to do it. You know, They need control of one of these legislative chambers or the governor's office. If all of that power tilts to the Democrats, as it appears it's going to, then they're going to control that. And why that's important is because moving forward for the next 10 years, the, 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 those five election cycles, you know, Democrats are going to have favorable boundaries for all of their people. You know, they'll, they'll draw these boundaries in a way to capture those demographic changes that we talked about earlier in the program. Right. You know, they'll lock them in. 
Carrie, let's go back to DuPage County. What is the mood in these final days before Election Day? Well, just coming full circle back to where we started about the energy in DuPage for DuPage Dems, they are fired up. They feel like their candidate, Sean Caston, has a good chance. Uh, the folks I talked to who are supporting, you know, straight Republican tickets, they feel like, you know, the blue wave is not really going to hit them and that they're still going to be uh, still have you know, Congressman Roscom representing them. But um, in general, people are a bit fatigued by these last final days, as we all are, of the mail, the flyers and the constant commercials and a bit of the negativity that's, you know, ramping up in these final days. But everyone's everyone's engaged. They're they're ready to go. Great. Well, thanks, Carrie. Thanks, Dave. Hey, thank, you. thank you. That's all for this episode of On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. Our producer is Justin Bull. Our editor is Alex Keith. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're still catching up on the elections, you can check out our crib sheet at wbez.org election. It will tell you everything you need to know about all of the important races. Also, tune in to WBEZ 91.5 FM on election night. We will have live coverage from the studio and from the field. And the day after the election, WBEZ's morning shift will be live at Robert Morris University for a two-hour recap show. Don't miss it.